Thank you, John, for your welcome. I am Mary, and I'm currently the Mission to Seafarers Chaplain at Kuruparama, and I am also, at the moment, the Chairperson of the United Seafarers Mission, which we are part of. So, what I'd like to do today, first of all, is to show you a DVD that is actually made in Scotland. When you hear Scotland, I want you to think Tauranga and New Zealand, please. John's going to play it for us. Friends. 
And so there's all those little things that can happen. The birth of a baby, you know, the guys are on the nine-month contract, so they leave, and six months later, or three months later, they find out their wife's pregnant, and six months into their contract, they're having a, the, a baby's born, and the husbands are not there. Sometimes they'll get flown home, but they need care at that time. So hospital visiting, all of that sort of thing, is the work of the chaplains. But there are many other important uh, roles in the mission that I'd like to talk to you about. But just back to Mission to Seafarers, we have an international office in London, which I visited recently, and we have a, a New Zealand Pacific group called the Oceania Council, which has uh, was actually set up for chaplains, but now we, we actually have people that are part of governments that have joined us, and it's for Mission to Seafarers groups throughout New Zealand and the Pacific Islands. And the reason that we did that was to help us. Obviously, there's only one chaplain in a port, and we need to support each other. So we are um, communicating all the time. Yesterday, I had a, a text from a port where there is a vessel there at the moment that's on its way to Taronga that has got people on that were trying to jump ship, and they're going to need some care. So he texted me and asked if I would be there when the ship arrives in the next few days. So there's all sorts of things. We try to work in cooperation and we learn from each other. A lot of our chaplains have had a lot more experience than I have and when I don't know the answers of what I'm expected to do, I don't hesitate to bring another port and talk to the local chaplains. So we have an international office and we have the national group, the Oceania Council. The roles in the mission in, in um, Port of Tarong, we have an unusual situation where we are called locally the United Seafarers Mission. And recently I was at a conference in Australia and I came back from there with renewed vigour. It's probably, probably why I agreed to chair the United Seafarers Mission Board because we do the United bit very well here. I discovered in Australia that in most situations where there are uh, more than one centre, so there might be a flying angel mission to seafarers and there might be a Catholic mission. There's, instead of them working together and supporting each other, they're actually competing. And it astounded me, really. And I thought, hmm, we're actually doing a really good job where we are. So I'm glad to be part of that. So we have three founding missions who, I think, some, I think it might be 15, 17 years ago, who were working separately at the port of Tauranga, and I don't think any of them were doing particularly well. And a few of them got their heads together, and one of those people, I'm pretty sure it was Ellen Judkins, who was a, um, has been a very faithful member of this parish for some years. And they got together and formed the United Seafarers Mission, which is a charitable trust. And it consists of three founding missions. So, again, the AOS, Apostleship of the Sea, Roman Catholic, Mission to Seafarers, Anglican, and the Galilee Mission, which is a is rooted really was part of the Sailor Society, which was sort of Presbyterian, but some of the evangelical churches have joined them. So we have three founding missions, and our governance, our board, is made up of three of three members of each of those missions. So we have nine members on our board. We've also recently invited uh, 
the Baptists to have a person on the board, not with voting rights, but to come and they have speaking rights but not voting rights. And because the Baptist Church, Central Baptists, um, are, are big supporters of us financially and both with, and with volunteering. So, in fact, our current manager is a member of Central Baptist. So they have chosen as their primary mission, the mission to see here is at the Court of Tarama. So they, um, they look after us substantially, financially. So that's how the local mission is made up. Um, we have a good relationship with the port. Um, we need to make sure that we continue having that relation, good relationship because the port has really tightened up its uh, security and some of the, you know, sometimes with volunteers, and, and forgive me if you're one of these people, but volunteers sometimes don't realise that they have to work within the rules themselves as well as those who are paid. And they will say, I'm only a volunteer. The, the port security is very, very tight and the rules are that we are not allowed to drive on the port. We used to drive around and take our own van down to visit the ships. That stopped. It's very dangerous, I can tell you, because I go on the port. We now have to use the port shuttles. You're only allowed to come into the... We're only allowed to drive into the port to go to the mission and out of the port to get out. That's, that's it. Uh, and our, our local van is not allowed to go out either. Um, there are a number of other rules that apply and unfortunately we've lost a couple of volunteers that found it too difficult to keep within the rules and um, our mission was really put at risk a wee bit because the port, we've only got to put a foot wrong. We're fortunate that we have our premises in the port. It's, one, it's an advantage and a disadvantage. It's an advantage because the seafarers can access us but it's a disadvantage because to the outside we are invisible, really. How many people knew that we were on the port? Yeah. And you're all locals of Tarawa, you see. So um, that's why I'm here, to talk to you about it. So right now, the uh, manager and the chaplains are invited to the port health and safety meetings, and I have recently attended the meeting of the agents. And that was a very interesting exercise in terms of PR. Um, I went along, and I think probably there are about, I don't know, 15 agencies or agents for the uh, port. And when I presented the role of the chaplains, a couple of them said to me, we could have done you with you last week. Only two of the agents in the whole group, there would have been about 50 people at the meeting, only two of them knew that we had chaplains that could actually advocate, work with the agents, uh, offer counselling and pastoral care. They had no idea we existed. So we sort of have to get that word around, and now we're getting a little busy, which is a good problem. Um, their management, um, the manager is the only person at this point who is paid, and like any typical church organisation, he probably gets a pay a third of what he's uh, valued, it should be valued at. Um, but he accepted that when he got the position, and he is, um, as I said, a member of the Baptist Church. So he uh, oversees the day-to-day -day running of the mission and organises the volunteers. 
We have 70 volunteers who are involved in a number of ministries. Um, a very important part of our um, volunteering is done in terms of hospitality at the mission. So we need people, you don't have to be fit, it doesn't matter what age you are, in fact, we probably need experienced people who know how to love others as Jesus loves them. So um, if you think that you are able to do that, that's just a matter of coming to the mission for a three and a half hour session. And if you can do it once a month, once a fortnight, or once a week, we don't mind. Whatever you offer um, is important to us. So when the seafarers come in, they sign themselves in, and then they might go and have a coffee, they might chat to the uh, volunteers, they might buy something, we've got a little shop, and they run that, but in the main they want to go and connect with their families on Wi-Fi, and that's what they do, and the volunteers make sure that that is well set up for them. The other thing that they do is they um, take advantage of our van that will drive them uh, and we need drivers, that's another thing, if you could do that. We've got women drivers as well as men. Women are just as good as men at driving, we discovered. I'm thinking, well, I only had one ding in the last van, it was done by a man, so there we go. I, I wiped the side of the one, uh, the, the one we had before that, it's beside the point. Um, but drivers are important because they take the seafarers shopping. Often the seafarers will go and... Um, Actually, the vessels will go and buy their, all their needs for the next part of their journey, often. Um, but they like to go to Bayfair or over to the city. Um, but the other thing we have done, like with this Lancelot that's in at the moment, just to lift their spirits, we take them out for a day to Rotorua or matter or somewhere just to get them away uh, and off their vessels. So... There we are. We've got, we need uh, we need volunteers for hospitality, and we need them for drivers. We also need ship visitors. Now, ship visiting—you saw a guy going up the side of a ship there. I haven't done that. I haven't done that. But I, I ship visit, and um, I'm a 1943 model, and I can still do it. I'm very fortunate that I'm healthy and fit. But it, it is a very, very important role because we're getting into the time of communication where the seafarers, to connect with their families, can stay on their vessels and talk to their families. The, the vessels are getting set up so that they can do that on board ship. Now, that might sound like a good thing for the seafarers, but it's actually not in terms of their health. They need to get a bit of land time. Their contracts, as I said, are mostly nine months long. And they're usually at sea for two or three weeks at a time. And they, they, if they start their ships to connect with their families, they're not actually connecting with anybody except the other 19 or 20 crew that they live with for the rest of the time. And so that's going to be a challenge for us about how we deal with that. Um, but it's a, one of the things that we need to do is to get onto the, onto the vessel and tell them what's available for them at the Seafarer Centre. So all the things that I've talked about are available at the, at the moment. They're all free. So the driving, the hospitality, the coffee, 
and the use of Wi-Fi is all free to them. Um, so that ship visiting thing is going to become more and more important. So if you feel inclined and you're fit, um, I can tell you that I, very early in my chaplaincy, you'll notice I don't wear a collar, um, but I, actually, I bought one after my first month and as a chaplain. I climbed on a very windy, cold day uh, up the gangway to this vessel, which was it was high tide and it had no cargo on board, so I probably did double the the height and it's going up. In fact, when I got to the bottom, when I was at the bottom, I thought, hmm, should I really do this? Anyway, I clambered up there, got to the top, two Russians, and I'm trying to explain who I am because of the security. And I said, you know, Reverend Murray, Gilbert, Chaplin. In a way, before finally, a great big tall bloke comes over and he looked down at me. He said, "What is your business?" <laughs> and I went home to my husband. And I said, "I think he thought I was a prostitute and drag." <laughs> and you know, I could have been. I could have been. So I went straight out and bought a collar. And I, it's the only time I wear it, but I wear it there because it's a universal sign of what the role is. Um, so the chaplaincy is an extension, well, no, probably ship visiting is an extension of chaplaincy because we do, we do the ship visiting as well as the pastoral care. And we sort of, when, when, when I go on board ship, I usually go to the mess, um, but the captain has to know we're on board, and if they invite me to go and see the captain, I'm happy to do that. But the idea really is to loiter with intent and try and suss out if there are any um, problems amongst the seafarers. And it's amazing, because of the international uh, way we are, um, people know what we're there for when we do that. So um, there we are, those are the things you can help. Because of the port security, and also the expectation these days, we are having to be much more intentional with our training, to make sure that people care for their own safety. The latest thing is, and I bet you did tell um, Clark this before I left, I have to now have um, steel cap toe boots before I go on board. So, you know, wearing good walking shoes, no, and, and, you know, that's the rules. Uh, we wear high-vis gear, and we've got to do everything right, or otherwise we're always vulnerable to the port, allowing us to stay on the port, and the vessel has been happy to have us. So, uh, just some of the stats. John's got them up there. I don't know if you can read them all. Actually, I really encourage you to go to this website because we've uh, uh, had a new person come in and do this, and he's done a jolly good job. Um, and there's lots of things you can access on there just by, by clicking. But, so I would say these are, the, these are um, up to the end of October. We had 200 seafarers visit the port. 10,000, so that was last month. Um, 10,450 seafarers have visit, visited this year. And last year our number was 12,000 for the year, so I would say we're probably going to um, beat that. We've had uh, 21 ships in this month, and 750 nine ships arrived this calendar year. The big thing, of course, now is cruise ships. Uh, normally, our hours are from uh, 
11 a.m. in the morning till 9 o'clock at night, and we have three shifts, but we've realised the cruise ships, the, the crew can access um, their families on board their ship, but it's very expensive for them. So um, we're now opening for the cruise ships at 10 a.m. in the morning, every time that they're in port. And I think we're having something like, in the late 80s, um, cruise ships come in this year. So we really do need help. Uh, there's a bit of natural attrition, as there is happening everywhere, where uh, people are unable to help us anymore, and we need new people to come and help us. So we would really ask you to support us. At Christmas, the seafarers have the opportunity to enjoy Christmas Eve with us, where we have a service for them and um, a bit of a party. And we deliver Christmas gifts to all the vessels and seafarers that are in port over the Christmas period. I think last year we did something like 370 uh, little gifts for them. And uh, the, the ship visitors and the chaplains take those on board. So uh, we do all sorts of good pastoral care and thought, I think thoughtful ministry. So you could help by being a volunteer, either hospitality or ship visiting, or a driver. Um, if you like knitting beanies, we can never have too many of those, that would be great. Um, and if you have magazines like the um, Women's Weekly, the, the men love the Women's Weekly, I don't know whether they like a little bit of, um, you know, quite really, some of it is, but just something out of their world. And uh, they seem to enjoy those magazines, they like sporting magazines, anything that you think would be suitable. I'm sure John would let you have a posse somewhere to put those on you, John. Um, and if you feel the centre point here already donated to us, and we're very grateful, but if you as an individual would like to make a one-off donation to us, we would really appreciate that, because every bit counts at the moment. We, uh, we run right to the limit. We call ourselves a faith mission. Sometimes I think people think that being, having faith is sitting there and hoping God will do something instead of actually getting up and working with God to make things happen. So um, if you're able to support us in any way, we would love that. So just to finalise what I have said, the, the basis of our uh, work is really people feeling a call to this particular ministry and prayer. We have regular prayer every uh, week at the mission at 1.30 and we pray for the seafarers and the volunteers. We try to live out the gospel and love unconditionally as Christ loved us and of course bearing in mind that um, we have 60 different nationalities that come to our mission as seafarers and many of them are Muslim, Hindu, other faiths. And our call is not to try and convert them, but to simply love them as Christ loved us. We call our neighbours the seafarers, and we proclaim the gospel of unconditional love to all who enter our mission. So thank you for listening today, and I hope that I will hear from you. Thank you.
Thank you, John.